Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast, episode number 87. Josh Kearney, son of the South. Big Buck Registry is a virtual museum of hunting stories. We preserve a piece of Americana by interviewing and recording hunters about their hunts and experiences from across the country. And who knows, maybe we'll learn a thing or two along the way that'll help us take our hunt to the next level. Hi, I'm Tim Burnett with Solo Hunter, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. Hey, this is Dr. Carl Miller, and you're listening to my favorite hunting podcast on the internet, the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. Hey, this is Kevin Blake Weldon with Funny Hunting Songs, and you're listening to my favorite duo, Jay and Dusty, right here on the Big Buck Registry, and this is the Big Buck Podcast. You guys don't want to miss this show. It's going to be awesome. Welcome to another episode of the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Deer Hunting Podcast. This is Jay Scott, and I am joined by our good friend from Ohio, our field correspondent and the Chubby Tines master. Dusty Phillips. What's happening, Dusty? Man, I am super excited tonight. Wow. You, you, you know how special this show is to me? I have a feeling because I feel it too. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it really, what we're getting ready to do the show about the individual is, man, a, a definitely a blessing in disguise. Yeah. When you told me that you have lined this up and, you know, I've been thinking about the potential to talk to this gentleman since we left the ATA show because we, we shook his hand and, and what a, what a guy he was. Too. I mean, just, just a great individual, a quality person. You could tell from deep down and, then you said you lined it up. I'm like ever since that point, I've been looking forward to this interview. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one of the things where if you think that you've got it rough, you better change your attitude and and listen to this show and and get a whole different mindset on life. Yes, it doesn't matter who you are because listening to this guy being able to make light of a situation that isn't so light, and he does it with ease and and just charisma is it's amazing just a great 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 individual yeah let's let's enough about all that let's get joshua carney son of the south on the phone let's let's do a podcast with one of the most legendary natural callers in the world yeah wait for the this is going to blow your mind so let's get josh on right now call him up josh carney welcome to the big buck registries big buck podcast how are you sir i'm doing lovely how are you guys doing tonight doing great man doing awesome man so what's happening? Where are you right now? I am actually back home for the time being. It's uh, it's been the long longest time period that I've been home in a long time. So actually feels good, but a little weird. All right. So where where do you call home, Josh? I am from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's where I call home. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's very cool. So you've been on like this this whirlwind tour for the last two or three weeks, right? I've been on a worldwide tour for the last year. No kidding. And it's been it's been exciting. Last year, I managed to go to 16 different states doing expo shows, motivational speaking, appearances, school speaking, and hunting. And I got to do a lot last year, and I plan on doing a lot more this year. That's awesome. Uh, where where have you been over the last few months? Tell us some uh, interesting stops that you've been on. Last few months, I think the most interesting stop for me was uh, Georgia. Okay. I um I had a haunt in Georgia that was for kids with cancer, 
it was called Hunt for the, Hunting for the Cure was the organization that I went with. And, um, they reached out to me on Facebook, and they um, they had two events set up, two weekends back-to-back. And uh, I was like, oh, you know what, I, I'm going to be on the road, so I'll get back to you guys and let you know if I can definitely do it. And something in my heart was like, man, it's a hunt of a lifetime for those kids. You just can't say no to that. So I packed my bags up, and I headed to Georgia, and I spent two weekends out there. And I was I was a camera guy for, um, for girls, and it was the most exciting trip that I had all year. That's awesome. That is very cool. Yep. Well, Josh, we we met up at the uh, ATA first time we'd actually met. I've I've been following Southern Boys Outdoors quite a bit, and I've been seeing uh, you're hanging out with Kenyon. Uh, but uh, yeah. the, the ATA was the first time we got to meet you face to face, shook your hand, and uh, photobombed you as often as possible, which has earned me the name <laughs> Jay the Creeper from what you had called me yeah. on Facebook. So yeah. I, <laughs> I deserve every Jay. bit of that. <laughs> And then, like, you felt you creeped in, like, the best pictures, because I had a picture with Eva Shockey, and it was very, it was very good, because I had a suit and tie on, I was looking all good, I was yeah. like, ready to propose, and I look at the picture, and you're like, in the back of the photo <laughs> uh, You know, I, I'm assuming that... that I think uh, that's his trademark, Josh. Payback's a bitch, and I would imagine that you're going to get me at one of these shows one of these days. Um, so See, what I'm gonna do, what I'm gonna do to you is, I'm not gonna photobomb you. I'm gonna video bomb you. <laughs> somebody's gonna run a camera and video, and I'm gonna do the loudest call that I can. Of course you and are. <laughs> there's gonna be brown stuff running down your pants. Awesome. <laughs> Very nice. I, think, so I, I hope I, you catch off with melting in your pocket. I think. Got I it. think that. I think that that uh, he definitely owes you that, Jay, for sure. Oh, I definitely deserve it. I deserve every every bit of it. So. All right, uh, game on, game on, sir. Uh, so, Josh, t- tell us about uh, growing up in Louisiana. Is that, I'm assuming that's where you grew up. That's where you call home, and you still call it home today. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, born and raised here in Louisiana. And uh, one thing about Louisiana, it is hot, and we have a lot of mosquitoes. Like, I think a mosquito is a state bird down here, but it's <laughs> <laughs> we get to we get to a lot of different no we kidding. get to a lot of different down here. It's it's a it's a great place to cut back and it's it's simple down here. Everything's relaxed and laid back. There's something to be said for that, that's for sure. So so what do you do for entertainment? I mean, I assume you go you, hunting is part of your life and, and you uh there's all kinds of stuff to do in Louisiana, as far as I, I can tell from hunting uh do you hunt alligators and uh Deer, turkeys. Tell us about all this. Yeah, we have a our our season. Our our official season is a uh, dove season and alligator season. That's in September, and uh, gator season is only a month long. So uh, you have to get selected for tags. You have to have you have to have land to um, land lease to get tags. Okay. So it's one of those things where it's a little hard to get tags, but if you know somebody with tags, there you can apply for tags. If you get drawn, then you can go on a gator hunt. Awesome. I think I think gator hunting is it's become really popular down here in the last few years. Right, right, and I can see that. Right, it, it, it's a rush. I mean, it's a pretty fun, and it's uh, definitely one of the things that you remember for a long time. It's on my bucket list, that's for sure. Someday I'll be I'll be doing that. I don't know when, but it's it's something I have to go do at some point. So tell us about the deer hunting in Louisiana. You do much of deer hunting down there? We do a lot of deer hunting, and deer hunting in Louisiana is like chasing Bigfoot. And, um, Chasing Bigfoot. All right. Tell us more about that one. Bigfoot. All right. I mean, we we have good, we have we have a good number of deer down here. With our terrain and the places that we we have to hunt, it's it's really hard to get to where the deer are most of the time. And down south, we have a custom rule that if it's brown in town, 
So a lot of young deer and immature deer are taken out. Okay. And it's just one of it's just one of those things that we're not down south. We're not trophy hunters. We hunt for meat and to feed our family. That's that's how it's custom down here. Okay. Gotcha. So that's, that's just part of the culture and the the Louisiana landscape. Uh, I assume there are a lot a lot of deer. First and foremost, probably smaller deer than you find in the the northern states. Is that correct? Yes, our deer, um, our average deer is about, uh, our average deer is maybe 120, 130 pounds. Okay. And uh, we, we'll get some bucks in some areas in northern Louisiana. We'll get them in a 200-pound range. But it's it just, uh, it's just a, we don't have the, the crop and farmland that you guys have up north. Gotcha. So our deer are a little smaller, and we don't have the, the nutrition to grow big deer. But we have them, but they're just old and they're wide. What, what's a deer feeding on there in Louisiana mainly? Acorns. Acorns are, uh, they're making some sort of thing uh, we we had a ryegrass and uh, plots that we can put in and feed them throughout the year. And when hunting season comes around, then you do corn. So we can we can hunt for corn. So that's that's pretty much the main sources of deer down here, pretty much. Right? Is it legal to bait in Louisiana? It is. It's legal. You can have corn under your stand or wherever you want it. It's it's very legal. Gotcha. Awesome. Very nice. Now, Josh, when you go hunting, uh, you have a motorized vehicle that you take with you. T- tell us about sometimes. that. What's that? Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, I only take it with sometimes. Okay. Now, I um, I pretty much hunt out of my regular chair. Okay. It's, uh, I'm so accustomed to being in my regular chair, and I shoot my bow out of my regular chair, and I, I do everything in my everyday life out of my regular chair. So when it comes to hunting, I'll go, I'll, I'll push myself to my fan in my regular chair, and it's easier to get in and out of the stand instead of having my action track chair, which is a lot bigger and bulkier. So it, it's hard to maneuver in places that I would with my regular chair. Gotcha. So I, I just have to put in a little more effort and a little push a little harder to get to places, but it's easier once I get there for a hunt. Gotcha. Okay, so you've developed a system that that you go to with your regular chair and your your action track is that's the chair you had at the ATA. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. And that's a mean looking vehicle. I mean, it's got it's got some teeth on the tracks. It looks like a tank. But you're oh yeah, it's a pretty wicked chair. Now, see, the reason that I was in that chair at the ATA show was because I didn't want anyone rolling me off in my regular chair because I couldn't lock the brake. So I didn't want anybody rolling me off, and if they rolled that thing off, then they deserve to take me away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotcha. absolutely. Gotcha. For sure. So, tell us about this this whole call thing you do with your mouth. You're like this natural caller, and um, I could hear you from the other end of the convention center, oftentimes, and I knew it was you. And uh, tell us how you how did you start to develop this skill with just your mouth? All right, back in back in 2005, I'll tell you the whole story. Back in 2005, I was uh, me and my dad went turkey hunting for the first time. Okay, and we uh, we didn't know anything about what we were doing. We bought some box calls and scratch box calls from Walmart. We went turkey hunting. It was midday, and we were set up 30 yards apart from each other. And uh, the bird came behind a tree that was sitting on on a solid gobble. And my dad shot, and when he shot, he shot me. Okay. So he carried me out the woods, and I got to the um, ambulance, and and uh, I, I blacked out. I blacked out in the back of the ambulance car, and um, I got to the hospital, and I, that's when I woke up. I didn't know where I was, didn't know what happened, but I had tubes and wires and everything attached to me, and I didn't know what was going on at the time. And then I realized that I had been shot. Mm. Um, I had thirteen, I had thirteen plus surgeries at the time period just to keep me stable, and in the in the courses me going through multiple surgeries, I coded twice. Now, coded means that I actually died twice in the process. 
a lot of people say that they see the magical light and things like that. And I didn't believe it for a long time, but when it actually happens to you and you can actually see that, it's scary. It gives you a whole new perspective of your life and things that you're doing wrong and what you want to do right and look forward to in the future. And I had that time period where I saw the light. I saw a bright light. I could see, all you could see is bright lights of light. And then on the second time, it was nothing but darkness. It was just a cold, eerie feeling. I just never wanted to go back to that place again. So after after learning about those two places and knowing what it was, I mean, it just has a whole new perspective on your angle and what you're doing and how you want to live much better and you want to do things right. So after that happened, I was um, I was back in in hospital for I was still in hospital for recovery, still going to surgery, and I had a, a tube in my stomach for my um, feeding tube. And I had a tube down my throat. Now the tube down my throat was uh, was actually what allowed me to do the calls. The uh, the doctor came in one day and said, since you had the tube in your throat for so long, we're gonna have to put a trach in, and you won't you won't be able to talk again. When he told me that I was upset and angry, I, I pulled a tube out. I was like, no, you're wrong. And he just looked at me weird, like, did you just talk? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like you're wrong, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I did it, it, it altered my voice. I, I was at the time I was 13 years old, so it altered my voice. And my voice never fully matured, which leaves me with a high-pitched, raspy talk, and uh, I can get really high and do crazy notes hmm. because when I pulled it too, about it, it altered my voice and it never fully matured all the way. Gotcha. Okay, and, so um, this is the basis for some of the the crazy calls that you can do today. Yes. Interesting. Okay. All right. Keep going. And after the hospital, after I got to the hospital, I, uh, you know, people were, they're like, well, we just had an accident. You're, you're going to baby you and things like that. And I'm not the, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to be waiting on or have anything handed to me. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. I want something given to me. So, and it's two weeks after being at the hospital, I was like, you know what? I have a pack of rabbit dogs. I have everything that I love before the accident sitting right here going to waste. So I told my dad, I was like, look, I know this happened. It's not going to stop me from doing what I love. Let's go hunting. Yeah. And he, he said, are you sure? I was like, yeah, let's go hunting. So after that, I went right back into the woods, and I haven't I haven't been out of it since. <laughs> and uh, I was nice. <laughs> I was at a turkey call. And, uh, no, it wasn't a turkey call. It was uh, on my expo seminar, um, a big expo show and here in Louisiana. And there was a guy, he was running a, a, a slate call, and he was trying to sell it to me. And the thing that I am, I think I have a little bit of OCD when it comes to turkey call. All right. Because he was, he was running it, and he was planning, he was running a call, and it sounded awful, and he was trying to sell it to me. And he was just one of those pushy sales guys. I think he was like a used car salesperson before he was a turkey call sales. Yeah. He was trying to push it on me. And it just sounded horrible. And he was like, well, you want to try it? I was like, no, sir. I'm fine. Thank you. And he's like, well, what do you use? I was like, it's like I can do that with my voice. And he's like, yeah, everybody says that, but they can't do it. So let's hear it. And so I started turkey calling for him. And the owner of the company turned around and said, man, our call sounds good. He's like, no, that's a kid. And they ran me away from their booth. <laughs> so I went to a... I went to yeah. another company's booth, and uh, we had a little. We were having one thing about me is I like to have fun. So I went to another booth, and they were all about it. It was like, okay, well, what, what can you do? Can you call? Like, I don't know. I just learned that five minutes ago, but we can try. So they got this late call, and they were calling. I was calling back to them. And I was going down an aisle acting like a turkey, and they'd have a little gobble box, and that gobble it, and I'd strut. I had to act like a hen going down an aisle. We had a big crowd going. It was the funniest thing ever. Beautiful. Everybody was like, well, what else can you do? I was like, I don't know. I just learned that ten minutes ago. <laughs> and people started naming out different animals and sounds and things like that. I was like, well, I'll try it. And I started trying it. And one day I had the nerve to put a video on Facebook of me calling. Nice. And people were like, okay. 
Okay, you're doing calls. Okay, that's that's nice. I like that. What else can you do? And everybody's like, what else can you do? What else can you do? What else can you do? I was like, I don't know. So I had to, instead of playing music on the radio, I was playing animal sounds. <laughs> like my parents thought I was going through this weird phase for the longest time. <laughs> gotcha. So you're trying to, uh, you're practicing. You're practicing how to make calls. You're, yeah. I was practicing. And um, a couple months after that, I was learning calls. It's like, and a buddy of mine, he said, um, he's like, well, can you do a speckle belly? I'm like, I don't know. I've never speckle belly hunted in my life. I don't know what they sound like. And he got one of his calls out and he was doing it. I was like, I can't keep up with it. What are you saying? So he told me the words that he was saying into the call. And that's how I learned to do most of my calls. I put it into a, a word and I break that word down into vocals and add sound to it. And that, that's how right. most of my calls are made. Very cool. And after he told me how to do a speckle belly call, I entered the national speckle belly calling competition in Louisiana. <laughs> no I didn't have a routine. I didn't have any knowledge of speckle belly hunting, but I got on stage. Yeah. And the guy that won, it was the guy that won it tore a, a 279. And I scored a 297. No, I scored, he scored a, he scored a 297. I scored a 279. Wow. First time. Yeah, I was, I was first time. Never speckle belly hunting in my life. Interesting. No good. And, and he was using a call. So I, I was like, well, I must sound pretty good. So in, in a lot of ways, pulling that tube out of your throat that day almost gave you these superhuman powers to create or recreate animal calls because as you, if you, if you didn't keep them where they are, they would have probably gotten too deep and, and bassy. So now you can create all these high pitched squeals, I would imagine. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. That's awesome. That's amazing. Would you would you do some of these for us? Yes, name uh name it. Okay, now I, I can't do a loon. Now loon is a you call loon crazy people in Louisiana, so I can't do a loon for God. <laughs> All right, I told you. I said, hey, I, I seen a video with him and Craig Morgan, and somebody threw out there a loon. And he said, I don't know if I know what a loon is. And I talked to him uh, yesterday. And he said, that, a loon's a crazy person, right? <laughs> Lo- Looney tunes. Yeah, Looney, uh, Looney tunes are crazy. What, what do you want? You want to start low and go to the bigger critters, Joshua? What do you want to start at? Let's do a turkey. Let's, let's hit a turkey call. All right, but I have to warn you guys. I am probably about to scare my neighbor because they're going to think the zoo has just been loose. So be prepared. The police, right. I'm knocking on my door. You guys know why. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're doing a turkey call? Turkey. Yeah, let's do a turkey. Let's hear the turkey call. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Holy smokes. Oh, my God. That's, uh. I mean, I, I'm good with my diaphragm. I can't do that. Holy God, that's amazing. Wow, you know what? What else can you say to that, Josh? But wow, you got an excellent talent there. I appreciate it. Hopefully, the birds like it this spring. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's get into it. Let's do a speckle belly. Speckle belly. Okay, here we go. Amazing. Hey, you're not messing with us, right? You don't like have calls sitting there, and you're just playing the calls. You're, you're using your mouth. I honestly cannot blow a call to save my life. Like, it was <laughs> down to getting dinner with a call. I'd starve. <laughs> All, all 100% natural through the through your mouth, through your your vocal cords that you damaged when you pulled the tube out. That's what's amazing about uh, Joshua Carney, son of the South. Let's get into uh, Canadian Goose. It's amazing. Un- unbelievable. I'm sitting here with a, I'm, I'm sitting here with a smile on my face, Jay, because 
we've seen all this in real life. Yeah. And it's the coolest experience you've ever had. Right. And when you go to these shows, you know, there are calls being played here and there, but none of of them are as good as what Josh is doing right now. No, you you can, as soon as you hear Josh doing a call versus somebody else, you recognize it right off the bat. Yeah. For some reason, there's a, there's a natural tone to it that you can't recreate. It's almost becomes too, too sterile in a call. Go ahead. There's a, with a lot of calls, there's an echo in that. It's kind of hard to pick up with the human ear, but if you really listen to some of the calls, you can hear the echo in it. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. I don't know if it's just the the way it's the way that it's constructed or what, but a lot of calls, they, like turkey calls, for example, they have a really really high pitch, but an echo to it. And if you listen to it long enough, it's ear piercing. Right. Now turkeys in the, in the wild, they don't they don't yell, but at a very high pitch that'll bust your drums. So I think that's where a lot of turkey hunters make a big mistake because they want to hit that call too hard or they want to play it too loud and, and it just it doesn't sound natural. It doesn't sound real to it. Right, right. And I've I've seen that where if calls you can tell the difference between a call and what you're doing. Yours sounds if I if I had to if I close my eyes and somebody asked me which is the the real animal and which is the call, I would say that the calls you're making, I would say that's the real animal. It sounds authentic somehow, and, and maybe that's just because we're animals, I guess, in some ways. Whereas a, a call is is plastic or wood and plastic or something like that. It doesn't. It's close, but it's not that. It's definitely not that. One of my favorites, Josh. Let's hear a mallard. Mallard. I love doing mallards. Now the story behind a mallard is. I actually learned how to mallard call due to my 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 lab that just passed. He um he uh, he wouldn't he got tangled up and I was trying to tell him to get back and I kept saying back and I was like back back like it kind of sounds like a duck so I went in the house and I was like okay well I'm gonna just sound like a, a duck so I said back 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 and it just kind of played together I, I cut the words up a little bit into into the sound it just worked out perfectly so here's a mallard that is gonna feed in the hail okay. <laughs> That's amazing, man. I I love it. Blows me away. I love sounds anyway. I mean, I love that's why I love radio because of the sound. But that's that's intense, Josh. That's intense. Crazy. All right, so. So that's these are the the bird calls. Do you, do you explore any other calls like rabbit for uh, like uh, coyotes, deer? Do you do any uh, of those? Yeah, I love call. I love predator hunting. That's now that deer season though, where that's my main focus until turkey season gets your predator hunting. Gotcha. So we'll do uh, we'll do rabbit distress and we'll uh, we'll cut it off with a howl. Okay. All right. <laughs> fantastic wow holy smokes man that is so unbelievable i love it josh it's so real so do you hire yourself out josh to like be the the natural caller you know if i actually sold myself i think that'll be a little form of prostitution selling a person i'm yeah. still looking at two thousand though <laughs> i mean you've got a talent here i i mean i i would i would hire you over bringing you know bringing my own call just because i think it'd be more effective i mean you talk about some of these high-end calls that you bring in the woods predator hunting they and there a lot of guys will say that the difference between a successful predator hunt and a unsuccessful predator hunt is the call uh 
but you're you're better than all that. Do you, I wouldn't say I'm better. I am. I'm learning. You're learning. Yeah, I was thinking about getting a Fox Pro, but I think I'm getting a, a Joshua Carney. I'm getting a Carney, man. <laughs> oh, you should hear me when you should hear me when I stump my toe. I make the the best rabbit stress call. It sounds perfect. All right, stump your toe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't feel. I can't feel my toe. <laughs> That was classic right there. Yeah, he's like, stump your toe, what? (laughs) What the heck are you talking about? uh, Josh, tell tell me what you said about uh, working your tail off, working your hind end off. I say so much, I forget. You was talking about, I said, yeah, I told you that you worked your butt off to get where you're at today. You commented back with, you remember? I'd probably say something like I can't feel it anyway, just something like that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, so that's like a, I, I had a I had a friend of mine. He uh he was looking for boots, and yeah, he, he was um he was at the belt. He was like, "What boots do you recommend me get, or what boots do you wear?" I was like, "I don't know, I don't know, man. The ones that feel good on my feet." And then he, it took him a second to reply. Right, and he was like maybe I asked the wrong person. Maybe just a tad. <laughs> so Josh, I get the feel you like to play with people. Um, you have this great sense of humor. Do you think you, you have a, 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 is that part of your, your, your being? Is that how you've always been? Like you've always like just, just, uh, kind of cutting up a little bit and having fun. Before I was in the hunting industry, I used to be a stand comedian. No now, way. That, that, that's not a joke. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I used to do a stand up comedy here in throughout high school and a couple years in college. No kidding. All right, so now I'm starting to get the picture of Mr. Josh Carney here. So, so you had so you had this whole stand up routine that you were doing. Yes, I it was pretty it's pretty good gig for a little while. Gotcha. You have a stage presence uh, when when you're I'm around you. I can tell you like you've got a performance type feel to yourself. Like you know when you're on stage in a sense. And yes, sir. You. Uh, you accept it, you embrace it, and that's not an easy thing to do to stand up in front of people and talk to anybody. But to you, it whoa, seems whoa, like whoa, 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 whoa! I, I don't stand up and talk to anybody. <laughs> oh, Jay! See, now this is <laughs> nice. See, there's there's that comedian again, and but but you get up in front of people on stage, right? I mean, that's a that's a hard thing to overcome, and and you you do it naturally. Is I feel anyway. Do you feel that way? I don't know. I mean, I'm just a stand-up kind of guy. I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, man. Tearing you up, Jay. Tearing me up. Yeah. Hey, uh, Josh, <laughs> let's hear this elk call. It's legendary. All right. Let's get the elk call. That's so awesome, man. That's insane. That is insane. Wow. So Josh, do you put this stuff in into practice? Do you do you you duck hunt, you elk hunt, do you do any of those things? I actually do. I haven't elk hunted yet, but I'm looking forward to going on an elk okay. hunt. Hopefully this year. But I, I have put my uh, I, I, this year, last year, I, I've uh, I goose hunted, and that was an amazing hunt. We did in uh, Long Island, New York, and it was fantastic. The geese were uh, we hunted Canadian geese, and it was phenomenal getting out there, calling birds, and having them come into decoys. So you were calling with your voice? Yes, sir. How'd it go? Good. It went it went well. We had a couple other guys out there using calls. So, I mean, it was sure. I was just in there for for backup and reinforcement if I needed it. But um, my my thing is uh, turkey. I, th- I, 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 mean, I think I, it, I think it was the other way around. They was there 
for a backup to you. Right. So when you get a little horse, they would pull out their calls. But they, yeah. So when you're doing this stuff, do you, does it kind of weigh on your voice a little bit? Do you get hoarse here and there? Or you now, just... doing, ex, doing like when I travel and do echo shows and things like that, I'll do a show for three days and having people ask you to do calls for three days, it is a little stressful and uh, it strains your voice, my voice a little bit. But after each show, I'll go and take, uh, I'll do exactly what they do. I'll go and take um, water and honey or I'll take um, something that we call a hot tonic. Yeah. It's, uh, it's lemons, peppermint, cough drop, and honey. Okay. And it just, it kills the bacteria in your throat and it soothes it and get it ready for the next day. Kind of makes it feel better. I've seen like uh, professional singers take uh, honey and lemon and uh, tea and certain kind of things that are teas that are good for your throat. That kind of thing. Yes, sir. So that's the kind of stuff you get ready for. I mean, it's it's got a got a weigh on you a little bit, but that's amazing. What else can you do? What other kind of calls? Mm-hmm. Let's try something. Up. Wood duck. I can do wood duck. That's nice. I love wood ducks. Wood ducks are awesome. Awesome. Very cool. So, Josh, we'd like to hear a deer hunting story, if you wouldn't mind, and how you prepare. Uh, to go into the woods. Um, one of our favorite things to talk about is deer hunting, obviously, being at the Big Buck Registry. Would you share with us one of your most memorable deer hunts? My most memorable deer hunt was not one of my own. Okay. I um, There's an organization that I help out with called Trinity Outdoors Disabled Adventures, and what they do is they take disabled men, women, and children on hunts. And uh, last year before last, they did Texas hunt, and they had so many kids out there with disabilities and challenges and things of that sort, that nature. And what really, what really makes it memorable for me was wasn't the kills or the harvests and things of that nature, but it was knowing that these kids were they were on their their last leg, if someone would say it like that. But they were they didn't have long to make it. Okay. But being out there, they had the they had a glow to them, and it was the, the brightest brightest glow and smile that they that I've ever seen and it, it put a different perspective in my life because it made me realize that no matter how hard I may think my life is someone has it worse and they're getting through it with the positive image and that's what makes me realize that things aren't as bad as they seem gotcha so that's your most memorable hunt and you participated in this event but you actually didn't hunt that day is that correct I am. I am just. I'm glad to be behind the camera on some of these these hauls. Right, right. Because capturing that moment, you could relive it over and over and over. Right. So, how do you prepare for a deer hunt? Um, do, you, do you end up using like scent covers and all this other stuff that we, you know, you go to these expos, you pick up every every product you can imagine. Do you end up using all that stuff? I do on, on some some hauls. Okay. It just depends on the situation. Like down here, I have a I have like I have land down here in Louisiana, and throughout the season, throughout the season, all season, I'm preparing for I'm preparing for the hunt year round. Okay. If it, it doesn't matter if it, it's scouting, putting out mineral sites, running trail cameras, setting up blinds for the upcoming season, and moving blinds, getting food plots planted, or if it if I need to go out there and just watch and see what's happening out there. That that's my main concern for the year. Okay. Because I want to know what deer is out there that's mature enough for me to go after. I mean, it's, it's for me, it's not all about size of deer. I I'd rather take a mature deer out to herd any day than claim the wall of fame for a big deer. Gotcha. 
So so in all season, I'm preparing for the upcoming season. And once the season gets here, then what I'll do is I'll check my cameras, I'll do my homework and study and find out what's the best time to go to that stand or maybe check another stand or, or maybe just hunt the field. And each situation has its own approach. If I if I hunt a field, then what I'll do is I'll get outside the, the woodline and I'll, I'll hunt in the ghillie suit. Oh, really? In Interesting. Suit. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'll, uh, I'll put a ghillie suit on and tuck into the brush. And my main thing is I bow hunt. I bow hunt a lot. Okay. That is, that is my, my passion is to bow hunt. So knowing that I'm hunting a, a big field in a ghillie suit, I have to get that animal close. So the best thing to know is that you have your scent covered and you're not moving, making any sudden movements for that animal to detect you. So what I'll do is I'll, um, I use a product for, for scent called Vapple. And what it is, it's a, a scent cover, and it's an attractant also. So in the off-season, when I'm preparing, I mix it into my feed and supplements. That way they're used to the smell, and they, they put that smell as food's going to be out there or a food source. Interesting. Okay. So it, it's kind of playing a little tricky on an animal just to – just to be the, the dominant predator, as most would say. Okay, so that's interesting. It's a, it's a very interesting topic, and, and I want to expand upon that a little bit. So you've got there's a uh, what's the name of the brand again? It's Bapple. Bapple, and this stuff you so yeah, I mean you must be covering a decent amount of, of land uh, in order to get your herd used to that smell. Well, the, the, it's so. <laughs> It's so potent that it, the smell of it, it goes for a long way. Like I could take a, do you know the, the coffee scoop? Yeah. I could take one coffee scoop and put it into a 50-pound bag of corn, okay. and that'll cover the whole 50-pound bag. And the smell of it, it goes for, for a long ways. What is it, it attracts. What does it smell like? Can you relate it to something that we might know? The one that I love the most is vanilla. Okay. And there, there's vanilla, there's apple, there's persimmon, there's peanut butter. And it, the, but the one that gets me is vanilla because everything, because we have so many honeysuckles in the woods that deer love honeysuckle. And I think it smells so much like a honeysuckle. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. So you just put this in wherever you're you're laying down feed or mineral. and yes. Then you use that as your cover scent, and mm-hmm. that kind of gets the job done. And then the ghillie suit, how do you decide on a ghillie suit over something else, like a blind or something like that? It just depends on where I'm hunting. If I knew that I'm going to be hunting in a place that I haven't hunted before, I'd hunt a ghillie suit. Okay. But picking a ghillie suit is the difficult part. Like I actually had to have a ghillie suit custom made to cover my chair because on my chair it has silver, silver parts on it that will actually, um, when the sun hits it, it'll give off a shine or reflection. So I had to get a custom ghillie suit design to cover up my whole chair and cover my body and everything. Gotcha. All right. So you, but yeah, it's custom fit. It's it, it covers every square inch of of you and your chair. When I'm when I'm in it, it has a it has a peak on the top of it. It has a hood that has a peak on the top of it. So it, I actually look like a really fat Christmas tree. <laughs> All right, sounds effective though. Yeah, it works. I've had animals come right up to me and they never noticed that I was there. All right, gotcha. All right, and then then you're shooting. Uh, you you said you love bow hunting, so you do some uh, quite a bit of bow hunting in your ghillie suit. What uh, what kind of bow are you shooting? I shoot an Obsession Evolution. Okay. And it's it's one of the, the smoothest and fastest bows that I've ever owned. See, the thing with me is being in a, in a wheelchair, it's already difficult to 
have a bow and get a bow that's comfortable for you. And you don't want to fight. You don't have to fight something that you don't want to fight against. Right. Like the way I look at it is the equipment you take to your field is a part of you when you're out in field. So your bow has become a part of you and you don't want to fight against it to make something happen, to make mm. success happen. Right. It's a good so point. For me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to fight against the, the back wall of a bow because it wants to go, go, go. Cause a lot of bows, the cam cycle, the way the cams are built, they have the, that, that give to them that that's how they get their speed. And I don't want to fight that knowing that it'll make me mess up or make it an imperfect shot. Gotcha. What, what poundage are you shooting? I am actually shooting 70, the 60, 65 right now, but no I just ordered a new, I just ordered a new bow with 80 pounds. No kidding. Dang, man. Uh, I have a, uh, I have a, I have some really crazy hunts lined up for this year, so I want to be prepared. So I'm gonna do, um, like I said, I'm gonna try and do an elk hunt this year, and I have two bear hunts lined up for this year. So I, I want to make sure that when I give them the arrow, I want it to pass through. Right. <laughs> so, dang. So you're doing, you're gonna go do an elk hunt with your boat. Yes. And I do that with a bow. Where are you going? Where, which state are you going to? I think I'm gonna try to go to Utah. Okay. Very nice. And when you travel, Joshua, how do you, how do you take everything with you? I load it on a truck and I just drive. <laughs> uh, most of, most of the time, I travel. I, I travel solo. Well, it's just me and my dog, and my dog goes everywhere with me pretty much. Um, he wasn't at the ATA show because I didn't think they'd allow pets in there. And I went there for um, I went there to have a good time as, as business wise. I just didn't. I just think it would be better leaving back at home. But every trip we go on, it's me and him, and he's probably the most laziest dog when it comes to road trips. Really, he can ride for <laughs> ten minutes and he's asleep for the whole trip. No kidding. <laughs> Crazy. What are you driving, Josh? I'm embarrassed to say. Why is that? <laughs> I have a Ford F-150. Nothing wrong with a Ford F-150, man. Yeah, I know. I just a lot of people give me a hard time for Ford, but I am actually I love anything that gets you from A to B. I am happy with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't, uh, man. Don't let people beat you up over your ride. You gotta, you gotta go, man. You know, and it gets you there. That's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, matter. if they talk, if they, if they talk about my truck, they just look on the back of it and have you know a big deer and a a monster chair. So I mean, it, it goes hand in hand. <laughs> Gotcha. That makes sense. So you, you bomb around in your F-150. You take it everywhere you go whenever you – I mean, I see some uh, online when I'm checking out your Facebook page, Jay the Creeper, you know, making sure where you're at. <laughs> I like to go and see – you've got uh, – you'll be in one spot one time and you'll, you'll have a map going somewhere else. Do you bomb around normally in the F-150 or do you, do you travel with friends or how, how does that usually work out? It just depends. It just um a lot of my events, my friends, they either have to work or school or something like that. So I'm stuck on the road by myself. And it's, it takes a toll at times. But, I mean, in order to be to get where I'm going and to keep chasing this dream, I have to do whatever I need to do to make it. So, I mean, it, this here is definitely a dream of mine that I'm chasing. And I give it every give it everything just to make it happen. I mean, it, it's challenging at times because, I, I, like I said, I, I travel alone a lot. And I get to miss time with friends and family and things like that. But sure. they all they all understand that I'm doing what I love and that I'm being successful at at what I'm at my dreams. Right. I mean, it's very understanding. But like I said, it it does take a toll at times. How many miles you get on the Ford? This is actually my sixth truck in two years. <laughs> Don't tell anybody that though. <laughs> so you're burning it up. That's beautiful. 
Uh, man, that, that's that's intense. So, where do you want to go with everything? I mean, it sounds like you got a, a good following going. You got you got things lined up, and I, I get the feeling like you're taking your stage presence and you, you're making yourself known of what's going on, your challenges. And, and just there's nothing getting in your way. Where, where do you want to go with this thing? And all honestly, my dream is to inspire others. And if I could do it through my passion and what I love doing, then I am all for it. But I want to inspire people and motivate people. I mean, I don't, the the whole fame and attention thing, I, I'm very, I, you might not know, but I am a very shy guy when it comes to things like that. I don't, I don't care for it, but I mean, I like to have people saying, because of you, I didn't quit or I can't move and you make me motivate me. And that, that's my angle. That's what I want to do. I want people to say, you've helped me succeed or helped me do something that I thought was not possible. That's what I love. That's my goal for my journey. But along the way, if I get to kill great animals, then that's totally fine. But my best reward is having somebody say, because of you, I didn't quit. Yeah, that'd be a good reward. I'm with you on that. That's a good one. That's a great one. Absolutely. What What do you got coming up in the near future, Josh? Where are you Where are you headed out to? Next month is going to be a really busy month for me. Um, um, at the beginning of next month, I have a, a school speaking uh, at the school that I actually graduated from. So I'll be talking in front of 300 kids about being successful and chasing dreams and not giving up and motivating them to keep going on and give them a positive outlook on life. And once I leave there, I head to Alabama and I do the same thing pretty much. But I tell uh, I tell a story about turkey hunting and turkey safety and get everybody prepared for turkey season. And I'll get to tell my story and get to interact with kids and things of that nature. And after that, I drive back home to catch a plane to head to Pennsylvania for the Great American Outdoor Show nice. for four days. And I'll be working with Flying Arrow Archery. And uh, at that show, and once I get there, I'll get on a plane, fly back home, only to get my truck to drive 10 hours to Nashville to do the NWTF show, or I'll be working with uh, a couple of great companies, the uh, Country Girl Outdoors, which is a great organization. They have three little girls that are turkey-killing machines. I think they, uh, they are on their way to get their Grand Slam at 10, 8, and 6. Yes. Yeah, it's three sisters, they're right? Already, yeah. They're already, they're already on their way to get their Grand Slam. I think they're yeah. two birds shy. Yeah, we were hanging so out I, with those guys over at the ATA, as I recall. Is that correct, Dusty? Yeah, for a brief minute. Yeah. for. A, I am actually taking uh, I'm taking one to uh, Nebraska with me this uh, year, and I'm going to call a bird in for her so she can finish her slam. That's pretty exciting. That's awesome. All right, so you got a pretty busy schedule. So that's that's through this next month, and you've got. Tell us where else you're going to be this year. Well, after after NWTF show, I get back home for a week, and then I fly out to North Carolina to do another show. I get back home from that show. Three days later, I drive to Oklahoma to do a show, and then after that, I leave Oklahoma and I'll head to Texas to do a haul for a day or two. Mm-hmm. After that, I drive back home to catch a plane to head to Fort Mill, North Fort Mill, South Carolina, to do a grand opening for Cabela's. So I'll be doing a, a couple grand openings for Cabela's this year, which is pretty exciting for me. That's a heck of a lineup, man. Are you ready? Sounds like you got yourself quite a quite a detail there. Josh, you still there? Hmm. Josh, gone. Yep. Battery. I think I heard a beeping. I heard a buzz. 
I apologize about that. My service at my house is not all that great. No, don't apologize, man. It's no big deal. Yeah, no biggie. If you just figure some chicks are blowing up your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about all these girls that you guys are talking about. You guys are <laughs> like, I'm not aware of that. Uh huh. We we see the kissy smoochy on the cheekers every show. Yeah. So Josh, you I get. I had a I had a bug on my cheek. She was trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Likely story. <laughs> nice try, bud. So you've got um, you got a heck of a detail lined up for this year. That's that's awesome. How do you how do you keep the energy up? Uh, you, you, I see you you loading up on carbs a lot. You, you looks like you cook your own meals. Um, you, are you getting uh, all carbed up for this trip? I am actually getting. I, I call it bucking season because I want to put on a couple for fitness. Yeah. I'm a big fitness freak. So I, uh, I'm actually kind of depressed that I can't get to work out as much as I want to because I'll be on the road so much. But that's, uh, that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm eating so much because once I get back into the gym, then I'll have that uh, extra beat on my bones stored away to cut into shape. Gotcha. I need to, I need to get in shape too. It's one of those things. <laughs> Uh, just just kind of fall out of shape, and you, you don't even know it. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. I, I'm you know I'm, I'm real uh, honored to have you on our show, Josh. It's just it's a it's a heck of a story. It's an inspiring story. I really deeply appreciate everything you're doing for for people out there to keep them going too. It's uh it's it's something to get out of bed for. I, I can tell you that. Yes, sir. I appreciate it a lot. I mean, that means a lot to hear that from you. It's a, it's an honor to uh, just to, to hear your calls and it'll be archived for for a lifetime right here on the Big Buck Registry and it's uh, you know I think our guests are are going to come over and give you a, a following after they hear the show and and check you out and how can people reach out to you Josh on your social media and Facebook and stuff? My Facebook page is Son of the South S O N of the South. Okay. And I have Instagram at Son of the South TV, um, Twitter at Son of the South TV, and I do a lot of stuff on uh, my website, which is uh, Son of the South TV dot com. And also, I have uh, videos being posted throughout the year on uh, HunterVids dot com. I search Son of the South. Beautiful. I will be sure to put all of those links in our show notes on the on the podcast directories uh, so people can reach out and find you because uh, I think they're going to want to know more and watch more of Josh Carney, if that's cool. I appreciate it. Now, before this conversation is uh, finished completely, yeah. I want to ask you guys to do some calls for me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Where did I put them? Hold on. <laughs> all natural voice. All right. I will try. We're all up for trying to embarrass ourselves. We're into that. <laughs> I, I, I can do a pretty good buck grunt, you know. Okay. Let's uh, take a goose call. Oh, man. Good God, Josh. I'm not <laughs> sure <ball> here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, try it. Come on, Jay. I did it. Let's right. hear yours. I don't even know if I can do this. I, I wish I had known this. I would have practiced. <laughs> Sounds like a dog. <laughs> right, I'm going. I'm going for the butt call here. We're going to do a little butt grunting. Are you passing gas over there? <laughs> That's pretty good, Dusty. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I, uh, now I love. I love butt grunts. Yeah. I actually. I grunted in a deer for uh, my first time ever grunting in a deer, and uh, it was. It was pretty neat. Pretty exciting to get to watch that. Uh, to see all that go down in action. That's, yeah. Absolutely. I bet that was a cool experience. Let's hear your butt grunt, Josh. Yeah, let's hear the real one. Yeah, 
Yeah. That sounds real as it can get. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a lot better than mine. I'm <laughs> by a long shot. <laughs> uh, how many how many hours did it take you to learn all this stuff, Josh, to just practice? Once you kind of tried it once, did you spend just hours listening and practicing and trying again? Or is it just yes. something that came natural? Yes. Okay. I've, uh, I've listened to sounds, and the hardest thing is figuring out what word it sounds like. Cause I break all my sounds down into words. For uh, for example, for for a Canadian goose, I'll say uh, bark, just like like a dog, bark. And I'll extend that bark. I said it, like if you write if you write it down on paper, it's B, five A's, two R's, and a capital K. So it goes bark. Hmm, gotcha. No, that's that, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's like kind of putting some of this stuff in perspective. So if you, I mean, it, it's incredibly handy to be able to make these calls with your voice and, instead of having to carry a call, especially if you forgot it in your truck or something, you don't want to go back. And, you know, there's some moments in the woods where you, you need a call uh, to make that hunt successful. And uh, some of you don't have time to go digging through your bag if you forgot to pull it out in the first place. I'm like Geico. I saved a lot of money on calls by switching to natural voice. <laughs> oh man! Everybody. How many how many, t- how many times have you been tooling around and and uh, flock of geese come over and you just it just hits you that you got to call to them? <laughs> I've actually done it in a conversation with people a couple times, and they they just look at me weird. Like I actually here uh, here at my house now we uh, we have speckle belly geese and they fly at night. I, I think it's the weirdest thing ever. Right, that they and, feed uh, of a night. And sometimes I like I hear owl. In the night, I'll go outside. I'll get out of my bed, go outside, just call for an owl. <laughs> Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you now, right? Yes. It's the old adage. Let's, let's, let's hear the owl. It's, uh, I think, um, at the end, it's, that's how we get turkeys and gobblers, uh, um, the laughing of owl. It's, hmm. That's the trick right there to get them to gobble, huh? The and, uh, laughing owl. I love for for me. What I love is a, a peacock call that gets a turkey fired up like crazy. Right. <laughs> Can you do those? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's hear your peacock. That's amazing. <laughs> That's insane. You sure there ain't a peacock in your in your place there, Josh? Pretty sure. <laughs> not hanging out at the, the local Batten uh, Zoo somewhere. Are you sure you're not in the middle of that right now? Well, I was deprived as a kid, so my parents just dropped me off at the zoo, and that's how I made my first set of friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man, Josh, this has been awesome, and uh, God, you, you know, you you got us, you got us hooked right into to all the stuff you're doing. We're 100 percent behind you. So if you ever need anything from us, you just let us know. I appreciate it. It's safe you guys on my end. Awesome, man. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, man, we look forward to seeing what you got coming in the future. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thanks to Josh for joining us. The, the, the man has just got it going on, I have to say. Oh, man, what a great individual. You know, we've been real fortunate. Billy Dahl, Josh McCartney, the two individuals that's touched us, man, really touched us. Yep. And, and I hope you as a listener, it touches you too. And, we we ran into Josh at the ATA, and he's touching lives. There's no doubt about it. You know, you listen to a story, and you listen to what he can do, and it's no joke that it's all natural with his own individual voice doing these calls, and it's amazing. It, it's amazing to see in real life. 
it is amazing to see in real life. And to see, I mean, he's doing calls of all kinds of varieties that are better than the, the calls that you can buy off the shelf and better than the calls you can, you can buy at some of these uh, call makers, uh, electronic call makers. He's doing it better than that. There's just this authenticity to you, his natural voice ability that makes it sound like a real animal. I don't know how he does it, but it's insane. It's flat amazing. Just absolutely blows my mind. His whole story blows my mind. Yeah, it's uh, definitely one unbelievable story, and and, and I I look forward to where Josh is going in the future. Yeah, and if you look in his eyes when you meet him, the guy just loves life. He just loves it, and he keeps it going. Just a very inspiring individual. Yeah, that's that's a fact. You know, the, the energy that surrounds him when you're talking to him will literally make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. It's, it's some strong energy, and, man, you, you can just tell that he's got to drive like no other. Yep. I, I just want an ounce of it, and, uh, man, just he's going all over the country driving in his F-150 to shows and hunts, and nothing stops him, not one thing. And he doesn't have the ability to walk. Like, you and I get up every single day and just take for granted. Yeah, it's been taken from him, and, and that's not stopping him. Nope. He's got, the dri- he's got the drive and the, and the attitude to, to go and do things with himself. Just a, just awesome dude. So um, if there's anything we need to do for Josh, we're there for him because uh, we know darn well that he'd be there for us, and, he, and he's just, just that kind of person. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Man, thanks for t- joining us, Josh. It was a great interview, and, man, we really look forward to what's to come for you in the future. Yep, we'll be watching you. Jay the Creeper will be watching you, just so you know. <laughs> Uh, do we have a Chubby Tines tip of the week, Dusty? Yeah, we do, actually. You know, I've I, I run into a lot of questions now that season's winding down for most states, and, you know, it's a lot of them's been out for a while. Run into a lot of product questions. Um, you know, very fortunate this day and age that the Internet is out there. If you're looking to, to buy a product, a tree stand or a, a bow or a gun or what, whatever you're looking to buy, to take your hunt to the next level, the internet is key to, to checking out reviews. You know, if you're, if you're going to buy products and you're spending your hard-earned money, check out the reviews, take it to the next level, and make sure that you're buying something that's going to benefit you instead of just wasting your money. It's a good one. I like reviews a lot, definitely. It makes a big difference in your satisfaction, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's one of the things where most products get on the market and, and people buy them and they've spent their money and, and they give it a review and all that information's public and it's right there at your fingertips if you just take the time to research what you're wanting to buy. You know, I, I can't speak for a lot of products because I, I don't own them. Yep. And when I got questions, I, I, that's where I send them. Go check out a product review. So if you're looking to spend your money hunting products, check out the reviews on the line. Absolutely. Great tip. Love that one. Well, another great show, Dusty. So how, how can we find you offline? Facebook.com forward slash Chubby Tines Outdoors. Dusty at BigBuckRegistry.com. You can send me an email right there. You can also check me out at Facebook.com forward slash Antler Life. Very Jay, cool. how can uh, people reach out to the Creeper? To <laughs> Jay the Creeper. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Um, <laughs> you can uh, you can find me at www.bigbuckregistry.com where you can find us, I should say. that's uh, It's not me. It's just it's our, it's our brand. It's our place where we go and hang out and look at some big deer. Bigbuckregistry.com and listen to podcasts. And it's uh, if you'd like to tune in to the Facebook page, it's facebook.com forward slash no. 
Yes, facebook.com forward slash Big Buck Registry. Uh, we're also on Twitter. We're getting a lot of activity on Twitter. That's bigbuckregistry.com forward slash Twitter. We just got onto Instagram. It's bigbuckregistry.com forward slash Instagram. You can always give us a call at 624-613-2825. Leave us some feedback there if you'd like. And if you would like to get your Big Buck featured on our wall of fame, so to speak, on the Facebook page and be famous for a day, send it into www.bigbuckregistry.com forward slash my buck. And if you are in the outdoor industry and you like to get a share going with the Big Buck Registry and get it, get it out to our 150 thousand plus fans you can send it in to www.bigbuckregistry.com forward slash s4s big buck big buck everywhere a big buck everywhere a big buck yes sir if you get a chance everybody you know all the all the listeners if you could take a minute go to bigbuckregistry.com forward slash itunes give us a review man we'd like to see the reviews uh, and it, it kind of keeps us in check if we're doing what you want to hear Absolutely. It, it, it gives us a little inside and a little uh, outside of the listeners to give us a review and, and let us know if we need to change anything. If you're listening in the car and maybe the bass is too much, just let us know. We'd be glad to uh, try to change it up a little bit and make it a better experience for everybody. Absolutely. Well, man, another great show. Thanks to Josh. This is Jay Scott. And I'm Dusty Phillips. This is the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Deer Hunting Podcast. See you next week. Can't wait. Can't wait.